Christmas time. It's hard. All right. So <laughs> welcome back. Lovely. <laughs> I know. I should have given up my day job. So welcome back to Scissors and Scrubs. This is take two of this episode. Yeah. Because the last episode, well, um, Mike, you shouldn't have gone out and nope. you should have been doing whatever you were doing because we went out to dinner waiting on Mike. Mm-hmm. And Laura talked me into the third martini. Well, they were and good. I'm incoherent <laughs> in the first episode. Incoherent. I, I don't know why because I had three oh, no, drinks I was, as well. Vodka, vodka kills me every time. Incoherent. And I'm not proud to admit that I can hear it in the Halifax episode. (laughs) I can hear, like, I'm thick-tongued and heavy. I'm like, oh, my God, I sound like I'm loaded. I was loaded. But the first one, it's unintelligible. This was bad. It was bad. Well, I started it, and I'm telling my Mike's like, this isn't too bad. I'm like, let's wait a minute. And then Nicole said, he's like, oh, yeah, no. no, We can't play that. We got to shut this up. This is take two. So to prep for take two, we're basically, this is another hodgepodge episode yes it's a little bit of everything and it's a little bit of the year wrap-up so i listened to last year's new year's episode this isn't a new this is a christmas episode but i wanted to hear the new year's episode we did the um cigarettes and gastric bypass oh, yeah. which actually is a really good episode i forgot how good that episode really is. it's a really good episode so i'm listening to how happy we are and how <laughs> excited we are about 2020 and the we're, what we're going to do and the things we're going to say. And I'm listening to him like, oh, if we only knew what was coming down the road, 2020 is going to suck from day three. I know. So, yeah, we're like, oh, we're going to we're going to build the podcast. Maybe we'll do a live show. Yeah. Fuck, that's going to happen. We, couldn't, we can't even get out of the house. No. So we couldn't 20- even do a show together. Yes, exactly. So 2020 tried to kill the podcast, but I won't let it. So I'm going to try again for 2021. Okay. To build this which actually I was looking at at the end of this morning and she's like, well, how many of Because I was telling her this. I said, well, a couple of months ago I looked and it was like averaging about 500 people an episode. Mm-hmm. Now we're averaging 700 an episode. Wow. So we are growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, slowly growing. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to talk to us because I still like to hear from you. And I was pleading at the last yeah. New Year's, please like talk to us. We got um, rando. I mean, there's randos. There is. And I love the rando. Yeah. I want more randos. Yes. That's what my new More randos. So randos. So my son is on a Zoom class, you know, because they're remote right now, although they go back Monday. Um, <laughs> and his friend was on a Zoom class and he gets a screenshot from his friend on her Zoom class. And the girl is in the Zoom class with the scissors and scrub sweatshirt oh, on. I love it. I love he's it. like, look at this. And he texts the shot to me. And I'm like, who is that? And he's like, this girl. But I don't even really like he doesn't talk to her. And I'm like, how does she like? How does she know? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, would you ask her? Like, so he snaps her. I'm not PG her. in the episodes. I'm sorry. No. I'm not filtering. No. So he snaps her, and she gets back. She's like, Oh my god, it was on my Spotify. You should listen to this. <gasps> yeah. So I started listening to it, and I love. It. But she listens to it and likes it so much. She had her mother like get her a sweatshirt. From oh love. my god, <laughs> that's the shit I love to hear. <laughs> so some fourteen year old. That's my Christmas gift. It's fourteen year old. I think her name is Grace. Grace, thank Thanks, you. Listener. I'm very excited. Keep she, wearing the merch. Make all your other 14-year-olds yeah, mothers don't Zooms. care. Just um, blank out the one swear word on it. <laughs> oh, my God. I but love thanks, it. Grace. I love it. Yeah. Um, so it's just funny to listen to how excited we were, having no idea what was coming down the pike. And here we are at the other end. And <laughs> what a ride it's been this year. Wow. My highlight was Ireland. That oh, was my like, God. Thank God. That was If I didn't have Ireland, I oh. probably would have just, I, keep, I don't know, I keep drank myself it. to death. We literally... Just got that in by yes. the skin of our teeth. Literally, everything was shutting. We'd go to the Blarney Stone, close the next day. Yeah. Close some more, close the next day. Everything was shutting Ireland down as we were there. We 
picked that week yeah. randomly too. We were like that week or the next. And we're we like, were still ah, naive we'll enough to think that things are only going to be shut down two for weeks. two weeks. Yeah. We would still be there <laughs> if we waited till the quarantine. I know. We'd be now residents of <laughs> Ireland. Exactly. I'd be speaking Gaelic. Yeah. We'd be working in some random hospital in Ireland. <laughs> Mike and Brian would be just, I don't know, serving up Guinness to, I don't even Ooh. know what they'd be doing. Yeah, I don't know. They'd be Ubering. Doing. They'd be Ubering people around. Yeah. Mike could do that then. Well, Mike did do the driving. Yeah. Mike, 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 Mike. We say that all the time. <laughs> Brian will be seeing something. He's like... Mike, 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 Mike. <laughs> and if you don't know what that is, that's Laura and I sitting in the front seat with Mike on these little itty bitty tiny roads oh. in Ireland. Me shitting my pants as the trees are whipping by my window. Mike, 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 you're on the side of the Mike, 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 move up. Too Mike, close, Mike, too close, too close. <laughs> then we just started drinking and forgot all about it. Yeah, I just kept looking at Laura while we drove. <laughs> Much better so, than the Irish seat. Yeah. Oh my God. So much fun over there. Yeah. All right. So. Okay. 2020 has been a year so we're gonna do this christmas episode again it's a hodgepodge so to prepare for this episode before i got drunk mm-hmm. um i googled christmas diseases mm-hmm. and this pops up yes but i thought it was a disease related to christmas no <laughs> and it's not no but since we are a pseudo medical background yes. podcast mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about it yeah and then we're gonna cover um and then when I was listening to the New Year's episode, I'm literally like, um, um, the 12 illnesses of Christmas. Okay. So my New Year's resolution is going to be try to say, um, less. <laughs> Every time I hear. Then, like, we're, we're like on this podcast podcast page and people are like so how do you edit out all your ums? I'm like, people do that? They edit out every um? Let's just say A. We usually do a one and done. Pretty much. All right. You're getting us raw. There's no editing there's no cutting I mean, and pasting. Quote, unquote, edits. Well, yeah, he if listens literally to make sure like, We cannot say that. You have to take it out. Sometimes he yeah. takes it out. Not but, all the time. But these websites are like, oh, I was blurring out all of this because I could hear a dripping faucet in the background. I'm like, really? Because for years we heard a refrigerator and somebody walking above our heads. <laughs> Never edited it out. Like, this is it. You're, Maybe you're, that's what we need to do. You're basically sitting in the basement with, <laughs> with us, us and you're having a drink with us and talking yeah. because they like it like that. I do too. There's no editing. There's no thinking. It's us just sitting here chatting with yep. each other. Um, uh, okay. So you're starting off with a Christmas disease. The Christmas. <laughs> that's disease. not really a Christmas disease. No, but okay. that's what it's called. All right. So the Christmas disease. Or factor nine deficiency is a genetic disorder caused by missing or defective factor nine, which is a clotting protein made in the liver. Because mm-hmm. all those factors, X factors, those in factors are fact. The liver is a liver factor. Mm-hmm. It's like a factory. Yeah, big time. Um, it is genetic, but one third of cases are caused by a spontaneous mutation of the gene. What's with the spontaneous mutation? I don't know. It's never all good. of a sudden your body's just like, oh fucking, never mind. I don't I'm like done. <laughs> Never good when you have a spontaneous <laughs> No, mutation. you don't want to mutate anything spontaneously. In fact, you don't want to mutate at all. No, not even a little. So, factor nine deficiency is known as hemophilia B. Right. Um, the U.S. Centers for Disease, Disease Control and Prevention says that hemophilia occurs in one in 5,000 live births. There are roughly 20,000 people in the U.S. that are hemophiliacs. That's it. Now, isn't hemophilia, and I'm not... Dissing anybody, isn't it related to incest as well? I mean, that might be a because it's like, a genetic. Queen Victoria had basically populated Europe mm-hmm. with, and they all in med. A lot of them had, and hemophilia. then Russia's 
Alec- Czar was yeah. a hemophiliac because of it. Yeah. All right. Maybe I'll make it all that up. Go ahead. Um, well, it's a genetic mutation. So yeah, well, that it makes there you sense. Go, especially if it's sister and brother. Yeah. Um, I don't think the 20,000 here. I think no, I'm pretty sure they're not. Yeah. I'm sure they just mutated because yes. of bad weather. Um, <laughs> it does not discriminate between races and ethnicities. Hemophilia B is four times less common than hemophilia A. Okay. Um, so let's, let's do the genetics here. Oh, I love genetics. Uh, this is they like. Keep me awake. Science 101. Take it, take it easy on awful. me. Just, just breeze. Yeah. You know, I'm a skimmer. Just let's yeah, skim I'm just, it. I'm going <laughs> bare minimum. Yep. So X and Y chromosomes are called sex chromosomes. Women have two X chromosomes. Male ha- males have one X and one Y. Why, why, Yeah. Why? Side note. Jack the other day was saying something about, I don't want daughters. I just want sons. Like, I can't have daughters. Like, then they'll be wanting to date boys. And I can't let that blah, 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 blah. Going on and on and on. I'm going to name the boys. My wife can name the girls. I don't really want girls. I'm like, oh, my God. I Jesus. can't believe he's been thinking of Oh, my God. Cameron going, can't even think of a girlfriend. Going on and on about this. And I'm like, okay, so... I, then he says something. He's like, well, I mean, if my wife can only give me girls, I'm just going to have to find another girl, you know, and have a boy. And I'm like, you what? you realize that you Decide. are the determining factor, whether it's a boy or a girl. He's like, what? I'm like, XX, XY. He's like, what? I'm like, oh, my God. Girls have two X chromosomes. Boys are the one that, cha- you know, you have X and Y. So it depends Why on Why do you. I have to take out the laundry? Why, Why do I have to cook? Yeah. Why? So I taught, I went over this with him. The other day as well. <laughs> Did you make the little squares? We yeah, like here's the squares. <laughs> here's the peas. Here's the peas. Remember that? I still have no idea what that. Why means. are we doing this? Leave me alone. Um, okay, so males have X and Y. They determine the sex of the child. Just Women science. just have two X's. Um, the X comes from your mother always, obviously, since she has two X's. The Y comes from your father because he has an X or a Y. Brian must have had a lot of Y's with my two boys. Um, Mike has well. a lot of Y's. Yeah. There's a lot of Y's Lots in your family. Lots of Y's around, yeah. <laughs> um, so if a male inherits an X chromosome carrying hemophilia from his mother, he will have hemophilia. Mm. That also means fathers cannot pass it on to their sons because they're not giving oh, them so the X chromosome. They're just going to give it to their daughters because yeah. they suck. Um, But since females have two X chromosomes, if they inherit the hemophilia gene from their mother, chances are the X from their father is healthy and she will just be a carrier. So it's very difficult for a woman to have hemophilia because it's on that X chromosome. She has two. So it's very rare for both of those X's to carry. um, So it's usually boys that are getting it. Yes. Um, So, but she'd be a carrier if she did get an X chromosome with the genetic um, Marker marker on it. So she can pass it on to her kids. Okay. Um, a daughter can be a hemophiliac, but it is very rare. Um, if you're a female carrier, you have four possible outcomes for each pregnancy. So let's say I'm a carrier of factor IX deficiency. Mm-hmm. My one, one possible outcome is I have a girl who is not a carrier. Okay. The second possible outcome is a girl who is a carrier. Right, make it my square. I'm yes, make a square. Okay. The third possible outcome is a boy without hemophilia. The fourth possible is a boy with hemophilia. Okay. That's it. Only only possibility. Did we explain what hemophilia is? It's a factor nine deficiency. No, but like what it does. Oh, I go into that. Okay. Um, all right. So that's all. We're done with the X's and Y's. Really, mostly X's it's... and O's. Oh, okay. I love that. <laughs> um, usually it's boys that have hemophilia. Okay, done. So now we have worked out how you can get it. So we're going to talk about symptoms now. Okay. That's what I'm getting to. People with hemophilia B bleed longer than other people. You can bleed from cuts, dental procedures, trauma externally and internally. Um, and the internal trauma would bleed into your joints and your muscles. Ouch. Yeah. 
Um, how often you bleed and how serious the bleeding is depends on how much factor nine is in your plasma. Which plasma is like the clear part of your blood. I remember that cartoon back in the day. I think it was like, uh, it might have been on Wonder Woodpecker. The guy gets in an accident with his dog. And it's like plasma, dog plasma, and they switch the plasmas. And No. No. Mike, do you remember that? You've not even listened Did to it. Did he turn into a dog? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I don't remember. <laughs> and the dog him. turns into him and he looks at the wife. He's like, hey, go make me some m eggs, will you? <laughs> Hysterical. Plasma. Dog plasma. All right, go ahead. <laughs> no, um, cool, just you. Yeah. No, just you. Um, normal plasma levels of factor nine are between 50 and 100%, 150%. Levels below 50% or half of what is needed to form clot is what determines your symptoms. So, mild hemophilia B is 6% to 49% of factor nine in your blood. So, less than half. Less than half. Right. You have to have less... Less than half of what you should have to be yep. a hemophilia. Um, these people experience bleeding after serious injury, trauma, or surgery. It is often not diagnosed until prolonged bleeding after one of these events. So um, you might not know you have this until you get into like a serious car accident. You're just pro- you just have this prolonged bleeding. They can't figure out why. They run the factors and they see you have a factor 9 deficiency. Um, women with mild hemophilia B often have very heavy periods. And can hemorrhage after childbirth. Oof. Yep. Is um, if it's rough enough, now you got to worry I about know. bleeding to death. The first bleeding may not happen until they are adults. Um, moderate hemophilia B is one to one to five percent of factor nine in your blood. So that's very low percentage like of nothing. factor nine. Yeah. These people tend to bleed after any injury. Um, they can have spontaneous bleeds, which is the scariest part, I think, um, which is when they bleed without any obvious cause. They just start having a nosebleed or a, you know, whatever. And it doesn't stop. It just takes a very long Imagine time to scary start. that would be. No, just all of a sudden you just start bleeding. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then severe hemophilia B is less than 1% of factor nine in your blood. Which is so basically you your clotting. Um, obviously, they bleed after injury. You can have spontaneous bleeds frequently. Um, and those spontaneous bleeds can often are bleeds into their joints and muscles just oh, spontaneously you didn't get in a car accident and break something in blood. you just bleed um they diagnose hemophilia b by running an essay which is a clotting factor test to determine what type of hemophilia you have and its severity um they'll take a detailed history and ask about family history of bleeding they will also run tests that evaluate if you can form clot and how long your clotting time is those tests are called PT and PTT. We run these all the time. Right, at work. At work. Um, to see, like, okay, are they going to clot soon? You, you don't well, want them to clot surgeries, if you do surgeries, they want you surgery. to bleed right. more, and then after they're done, then they want you to clot quicker, yeah. and so they, they actually mess with you a lot of hot mm-hmm. surgery. Yeah. <laughs> um, give them heparin, give them protamine, give right. them heparin, give them protamine. Fix it, don't fix it. Yeah. Um, there are federally funded hemophilia treatment centers all over the country. That's shocking. Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. Love it. Um, they provide comprehensive care from specialized hematologists, nurses, physical therapists, social workers, dentists, and dietitians. Because, like, every facet of your life is affected by this. Well, and you also figure, too, there's foods that either are going to make you your blood thinner yes. or they make your blood thicker. Right. So that's where your dietitian comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like I thought like a like physical therapist that makes sense. Like, they have to be like, so, you know, you have to do things a well, certain way so you're not bleeding into your joints. Yeah. Um, the main treatment is a concentrated factor nine product, which is called clotting factor. Um, recombinant factor products are made in labs with the use of DNA technology, and they allow patients to 
not use Facta 9 from human plasma. So they make up these genetic synthetic. They, yes, synthetic things that are DNA technology. So you don't have to take Facta 9 from actual other living people. Mm-hmm. Um, human Facta 9 is still used, but about 75% of the hemophilia community uses a recombinant Factor 9 product. So they do use it in some cases, but most three quarters of the people that are treated are treated with the recombinant factor or the genetic lab made factor. Um, These factor therapies are given IV. Patients with severe hemophilia can be on a routine treatment regimen called prophylaxis. Um, It maintains enough clotting factor in their blood to prevent bleeds. The Medical and Scientific Advisory Council of the National Hemophilia Foundation um, (laughs) recommends prophylaxis as optimal treatment for children with severe hemophilia B. So they just keep them on these factors to make sure there's always clotting in their blood. Because they'll bleed to death. Yes. Amniocaproic acid is an antifibrillinic that is recommended before dental procedures. Um, I bleed like nobody's business on a good day. Oh. And I clot just fine when yeah. they bring out the hook. I, I used to call even... my dentist Captain Hook, that Tata hook yeah. thing. Oh, it hurts like a... My gums would ache for days. I can't imagine how much they bleed. Oh, my I God. I can't imagine. Um, and they also use it to treat uh, mouth and nosebleeds. Antifibrillinics prevent the breakdown of clots. So you, you're on this regimen to make sure you have some clotting factor. And then these antifibrillinics make sure that the clots don't break down. Mm-hmm. Um. The MASAC, which I just went over the name and I'm not saying it again, recommends that a dose of clotting factor be taken first to form clot, then the um, aminocaproic acid to prevent the clot that is, to preserve the clot that is made. These people also need blood transfusions because of the loss of blood they experience when they do have bleeds. What a nightmare if they needed surgery. It's like a whole, can you imagine the work and the time beforehand it takes to get everything leveled? I can say in all of my years doing this, I've never had to operate on a hemophiliac i can't imagine what that would be like i believe we want i believe one time i had a hemophiliac that was a person who would not take blood products oh my god it was like i remember them going into it like okay this is the plan this is what we're doing this is what their lab values are this is what we're like it was in there are so. some religions yes who don't believe in receiving blood products yes. which shocks me because that same religion is okay with receiving organs that produce blood or clean yes, blood. Yes, but it's something about them. It makes no sense to me. I don't so know. they will come in for surgery, and when they come in for surgery, and you know it's like a big case. I think one of them is having a liver transplant, yeah. and I was like, "And we're not going to get blood. It can be a disaster." Yeah, it so is a lot of work beforehand yes, just to make sure everything's yes. and a lot of consents. Like you could yes. die. Yeah. You know you could die, yes. and you're you know okay this, with yeah. this. Yep. Yep. Um. So there's some fast facts about hemophilia. I love some fast facts. Mm -hmm. Or just about hemophilia, I guess. Worldwide incidence is unknown, but estimated at more than 400,000 people. That's a lot. Yep. About 75,000... Nope. (laughs) About 75% of hemophiliacs around the world receive inadequate or no treatment. Well, they're probably in countries that don't have this synthetic... Right. They're not... They don't have the labs and doctors. And um, there is no cure for hemophilia. About 90% of Americans with severe hemophilia became infected with AIDS in the 1980s. Yeah. Brian White. Yeah. When blood and plasma donations were not properly properly screened for HIV. 90% of Americans with hemophilia. That's insane. 
Um, since 1998, when the CDC's blood safety surveillance system was put into place, they have found no cases of HIV or hepatitis infections associated with clotting factor products among hemophilia patients. Thank God. Yes. So since they started the screenings, no hemophiliacs have gotten HIV or hepatitis from blood transfusions. Well, I'm hung up on the no cure. I wonder if mm-hmm. you gave them a liver transplant, because that's where it's made. Would I don't know. It, like, would the new liver produce right. the factor 10? I don't know. Nine. Nine, seven, eight, six, five, four, six, one. Go ahead. Um, von Willebrand's disease, which our dear friend has, mm-hmm. is another genetic disorder where the blood does not clot properly. It is caused by a deficient or defective blood protein, von Willebrand's factor. Um, this is the most common bleeding disorder, which I find funny because until she said she had it, I didn't I never, really never heard of it. it. Um, Hockey it, ties. <laughs> it affects one percent of the U.S. population. Um. Type 1 is the mildest form, and that accounts for 70% of the cases. Symptoms include frequent nosebleeds, easy bruising, and excessive bleeding following surgery or dental work. It affects men and women equally, which hemophilia does not. Right. Um, so why is it called the Christmas disease? So Laura, I would love to know. Mm-hmm. I was just going to ask you that Getting question. Why is it called the Christmas disease? Um, well, in 1949, a two-year-old, Stephen Christmas. Man, that's a name, huh? I know. I would have named him Santa. Santa Christmas. Santa Christmas. Noel Christmas. Noel Christmas. Nicholas. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Papa Jiju. Um, was taken to the Hospital for Sick Children in Toronto, where he was diagnosed with hemophilia, which explained his long history, although he was only two years old, <laughs> of recurrent and unexplained episodes of bleeding. There was no treatment then. His parents just watched over him and prayed nothing would happen to him to make this kid bleed. So I'm sure they had him wrapped in right. bubble wrap. Um when he was five, the family went to London to visit extended family, and while they were there, he has a bleed. He gets admitted to a hospital that, by chance, was connected to the Oxford Hemophilia Center. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's Providence. Um, Rosemary Briggs and R.G. McFarland were a pioneering team of coagulation researchers. I want to be a pioneering team of some... We're pioneering teams of medical podcasts. Yes, I think so. Okay. Um... They did not see a deficiency of factor eight in Stephen's blood, which is hemophilia. That was what they always look for, factor eight deficiency. But they discovered a deficiency in factor nine in his blood. So they then divided hemophilia into two groups, A and B. A is the factor eight deficiency and B is the factor nine deficiency. Or is it still called Christmas disease? Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, Merry, Merry Christmas. (laughs) Stephen could only be treated by, with blood and plasma transfusions during his life because it happened a while ago um so there was no none of this dna synthetic and stuff um he became a medical photographer he worked at the hospital he was treated at in toronto oh um but given back yeah but since he could only be treated by blood and plasma transfusions during his life for his he he unfortunately contracted aids and died at the age of 46 oh that's sad i know and that is the Christmas disease. That's terribly interesting. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas. Lots that's my gift to this. That's something. Eights and nines. Yeah. <laughs> Ten, seven. I know there's a fact of seven that does something. I can't remember yeah, I'm what. Sure. I know they always hear fact of yeah. seven. All right. Well, um, we are moving on to the illnesses of Christmas. Now, in my drunken episode, mm-hmm. I used a different list. I like this one much better. Okay. It is also like this episode, a hodgepodge of random shit. 
that can happen to you at Christmas. And one of them I'm going to tell you, you could be like, really? We're going to talk about that? Because I'm, as I'm looking at the names. And another one is just like, what? Okay. okay. So should we go from 12 to 1? I mean, spice yes. It up a little yeah, okay. I will. So we'll start with number 12. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Obesity, which well, we can all relate to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christmas lunch is a meal we all look forward to. Christmas lunch. Dinner. I'm Italian. It's, it's the seven fishes at night. That's what we do. Well, that's Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. Yeah. Yeah. There's no such thing. I think they mean Christmas lunch. Day. You as far as early. I'm concerned, Christmas is over after we've opened the guests. We're done. Christmas, so I moved on. I'm good with brunch. Yeah, I could do it, but it's, it's Christmas Eve. Okay. Yeah. And it's only natural that we let go of the reins a little and consume more on this special occasion than we normally would. Mm-hmm. Well, I let go of the reins somewhere about the week before Halloween. Yeah. And I don't regain the reins till way after New Year's. Mm-hmm. Uh, obesity is a condition in the rise in the UK. Apparently, this is a British. Um, <laughs> it's also on the rise in the US. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's everywhere. And it's an overindulging on one meal obviously isn't going to have that much of an impact on a person's BMI. However, it's easy for overeating to become a habit over the Christmas period. Mm-hmm. Yes, because everywhere you go, Sam brought in cookies last night. Oh. Sam's the girl who lit her hair on fire with a sparkle yes. in case you forgot. And her mother laughed at her. Two summers ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, she made these. They were the Italian cookies mm-hmm. with frosting, but there was a lot of lemon. Oh, yeah. She said she uses lemon instead they of They were an, delish. Yeah. Delish, Sam. So, uh, um, My I, mother's coming over today to make our. Well, um, we're doing pizzales tonight in Struvelis. Well, we're making, you know, we're making Mussolini cookies. So. Um, Laura, that's politically incorrect. That's the only Italian. As your Italian friend, I'm insulted. Yeah. My, well, the only Italians, my grandmother, whose last name was Conti. Could you call them the Capone and cookies? And her sisters, um, one of which is a Diagosino, could come up with. Yeah, no, I, we can come up with other names. Was mostly me. But we're doing the Pizzales and the Strudelies today. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's when a person continues this habit into the new year and beyond that diet-related issues become a risk. It Hence does. why I'll be doing Arbonne yes. shortly after New January Year. January 4th. Yes. Yeah. It's always going to be more manageable to be consistent with good eating, eating habits than to go through the binge and detox cycle many adopt over the winter months, i.e. me. Mm-hmm. Try to stay on top of your calorie and sugar intake on the other side of Christmas and make sure you eat as balanced a diet as... It, it's impossible. It's impossible. I, so there's an ice cream place in Melrose, Kennedy's, and it's delicious. It was Jack's first job. Um, and they make these stackable things that I love that I usually get like vanilla soft serve with peanut butter sauce through it and then Reese's Pieces. You should see the ecstasy on her face as she talks about so it. so good. So then they put on their Facebook thing that they were making these Christmas ones. Is it amazing? It has vanilla and chocolate soft serve and then a thing of peppermint stick ice cream, hot fudge. Well, I do. But it's Christmas yeah. season. Hot fudge, candy cane pieces, Jimmy's, more... um soft serve ice cream whipped cream on top it has a little like santa candy thing on it so i got them for the kids on thursday night how many have you eaten since i've had two okay and that was thursday <laughs> and today was saturday <laughs> and they're like i've had 15 they're like this big i'm talking that was thursday this significant morning. size let's just yeah. say that they're significant yeah so good i went back there i said she's like oh you're back i'm like yep the yeah. only blessing that COVID has brought i said it's brought a few mm-hmm. i'll discuss but one of them is nobody's bringing food to the lounge because everybody does, yes. nobody wants to dip into it, which I am so pathetic. I don't care what you drop on that table. I'm going to eat it. I, you know me. I can only I eat from people's eat houses that there. I know. Somebody, uh, one of our girlfriends that we work with, actually, uh, she graduated nursing school. So yesterday, one of her friends delivered pizzas and oh, nice. little rice balls. Oh, I love rice balls. To the lounge, mm-hmm. which of course I had to have a piece of pizza, but I couldn't do the rice balls. I was like, 
I'm going over the top if I eat the rice balls. So one of the oh, other nurses the rice balls who's first. like 24 years old, I said, come here, go have a rice ball for me. Let me watch. Oh, yeah. I can taste it. I can taste it as you eat it. And I said, you eat so she eats it. She's like, oh, that was good. I said, have another one. Have another one. I'm just going to watch it. As I'm shoving the Italian cookies in my mouth, I'm like, I can't have the Italian cookies and the rice balls. So I guess I was limiting my You did a good intake. job. Yeah. Okay. Number 11. Stress. I will say, I would love Christmas so much more if we didn't have to exchange gifts. Shopping related <laughs> stress is ex- exponent. Oh my God. Thank God I didn't try to say this word when I was drunk. Yeah. Exponentially more uh-huh. prominent during December than any other time of the year. Shocker. In the space of one month, you have Black Friday that runs right up to Christmas itself. Uh-huh. And the January sales season on the other side of Christmas. Ooh. Or Boxing Day. for the- This is clearly an English article. Yes. Boxing Day. A combination guaranteed to send even the most... The advertisement went right over the rest of the sentence. So I don't know what it sends the most up into, well, but apparently it sends us all into a tizzy. Uh, mm-hmm. Getting the Christmas shopping out of the way as early as possible is one way to circumvent the stress of rushing around. I have a cousin that literally, like before Thanksgiving, had a fucking tree up in every gift wrapped. I was like, who? that's mental illness. Who does that? No, that's a You're bit lucky. Extreme. I can't wrap anything anyway. We got the new cat. Oh, God. The bottom half of my tree, empty. He was on the chair, like batting practice. Whack, whack, whack. Ornaments going across the room behind the chair. It's like in the middle of the room now because he's like losing his shit on the Christmas tree. I'm surprised he hasn't ended up in it. But the bottom cleared. And then he drinks all the water out of the tree. Oh. Yeah, he's disgusting. Yeah. So try to get your Christmas shopping done as early as possible. Yeah, I do. See, if I start early, this is my problem. I get things and then I hide them and, and then, then I forget, forget I got them I and then I keep buying things and I'm like, oh my God, they have 845,000 yeah. gifts. Like this is obscene. I went into the closet to put some more gifts. I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I guess Kevin does have it. <laughs> and then I like on Christmas, I'll forget I bought yeah, something in October oh, and I'm like, I, I got something else for you. I got something else. I'm like, oh shit, it's in the closet. Like I forget. Yeah. Like I, you can't go yeah. too early because then you forget what you have. And you spend way more money. Yeah. Then we have number 10, sad also known as seasonal affect disorder or, <laughs> quote, the winter blues. Mm-hmm. I get that anyway, with or without Christmas. Well, because it's dark at four. And the thing, though, is Christmas brightens up that time. Yes. I can handle it now. It's January, February, March, halfway through April, <laughs> maybe most of May. Sometimes in June, uh, you're like, it doesn't really get nice here till the end of May. Mm-hmm. I am not good with that. I'm yeah. not okay in March, which is why... Ireland was in March, and who knows what this month March will bring. Yeah. Hopefully something we can all get out. Okay. It is a condition characterized by feelings of depression during the winter months. Mm-hmm. It is only recently that seasonal affect disorder has become recognized as an illness and is thought to be the cause of lack of natural light affecting melatonin production. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can go to work, tell them I have sad and I have to be out till May. <gasps> can I get a leave? I think we should both do it. Oh, let's try it. You know, we have people who go out all the time, so I think we should try. I mean, it is sad. It is. It's a real, it's a, it's a obviously thing. Obviously, it's clinically diagnosed yes. as a mental illness, so I have it. It is possible to limit the effects of sad. Please tell me how. Fake and involves spending more time outdoor during daylight hours when it's below 10. <laughs> and eating a balanced diet inclusive of fruit and veg, clearly oh, a European, it is European fruit and veg. To help keep vitamin D levels healthy. Oh. Yeah, no, I want to eat cake and pizza. I know, but you, yeah, it's dark and cold. You want to eat... Yeah, you need cheese. That's yeah, what... Pretty much. And crackers. Cold and cheese go together. Yes. Mac and cheese. Cheese on nachos. Mm-hmm. Cheese on anything. Ooh, nachos. We went out to dinner for um, the spa's Christmas party. 
And usually when I go out to eat, I get fish because I don't cook a lot of it at home. And they had this great fish dish. It had lots of this and that. Then they had chicken parm and spinach. Mm. And I was like, uh, and it's snowing. The night we go, so I'm like, oh, clearly it's going to be the chicken. And I sucked the whole thing down with homemade cavatelli. Couldn't have been Oof. happier. Yeah. And I wonder why I'm clearly up. Yeah. Probably about 10 pounds. My ass is bigger than the couch. <laughs> All right. Number nine. You ready for number nine? Can't wait. Give a stab in the dark what you, what you might think number nine might be. Um, Come up with something. Um, I'm trying. Um, violence. Malaria. Oh, no. no I, like, oh, <laughs> I didn't think that was going to no. be the one. Malaria. Malaria is a Christmas illness. Why? More yeah, and why? More and more people are choosing to get away from the cold winter climate of the UK and celebrate Christmas in a tropical location. Wow. However, this presents its own u- unique set of hazards. Mm-hmm. A, obviously the English are doing better. Because I couldn't afford to go, <laughs> to go away, away during Christmas. <laughs> no. Before jetting off to any tropical region, it is vital to do your research on the area first and see if there is a risk of any particular types of infection. For malaria, tablets are available which can help prevent infection for other illnesses. There are various vaccinations available too. So we were talking the other night at work too in the lounge. It's getting a little quiet because as we all know, COVID's back on the rise. So they're shutting us down. So it's getting a little slower at night. And we start talking about bugs and shit in your skin. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the nurses who worked in neuro was telling us she had been doing a brain thing. She's like, literally, they were pulling worms out of the woman's brain. <laughs> and she said they were on my back table. <laughs> and she's like, and they're crawling around. I, it, and I was like, yes, I'm afraid to go away to one of those countries where like the fly lands in your skin and yeah, hatches it, an egg. Hatches and then they something hatch on around. You. Yep. It's like alien. Nope. Worms in your brain. Worms in your brain. On your back table. Worms on your back table. So Ugh. this same nurse, I have to tell you this because I was cracking up laughing. The same nurse told us a story last night about one of our cardiac surgeons. He was mean. That's the only thing that he was mean. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you know who it is. Mm-hmm. So he is in a room and at this time, which we don't do anymore, the nursing assistants would come down and they'd hold the heart because mm-hmm. we couldn't use a retractor like every other hospital in the world. They actually would have somebody hold the heart while they would sew and fix the heart. So he does not know who the nursing assistant is. Mm-hmm. And at the time, they gave him one of the new staplers that they had come out. It was a staple that used to look like a gun. You mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. So he looks at it. He's like, what is, what is this stapler? What is this thing? And to see her tell the story, I was peeing my pants and he's shooting it like a gun he's like what is it and he's up in the air like a wild cowboy she's like staples are flying everywhere he's like what is this i don't want to use that and he's shooting this thing i am choking on my lunch as she's telling me this and then puts the thing down he looks at her he goes what's your name she's like caitlin what's your last name and she says her last name which is coincides with one of the other prominent surgeons we work with who happened to be the chief of this cardiac surgeon when he was an intern he's like Oh, and he's looking around the room and he goes back and he operates. <laughs> he calls that surgeon. He's like, hey, Joe, uh, your daughter was in my room today and she's going to come in home and tell you a story about how I was behaving. And it's all true. It's all true. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> was dying. That's I was so dying funny. laughing. It was hysterical. Like, I never it heard literally that. looked like a gun. Yeah. And I could see him ching, 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 shooting it around the room. It was like the GYN stapler. Yes, that's yeah. exactly. That's the one where I almost got in a physical altercation with okay. one of the neuro residents. Yes, they needed the GYN. Because he, he had me running all over. Then I go and get it. It took me 15 minutes. I come back. Because where have you been? Getting you a fucking stapler <laughs> that you don't need. Ugh. <laughs> 
I, we were toe to toe, toe to toe. I'm pretty sure I heard "what a bitch" when I left the room, <laughs> and I earned that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number eight is hypothermia. Okay. I'm gonna have to make up what this is about because again, the advertisement went right over <laughs> what I should be reading. So I'm gonna say while you're out caroling, yes, you're out shopping, mm-hmm. be sure to wear warm clothing because you don't want to get hypothermia while you're out, and we no. know what hypothermia is because we're actually gonna talk about that. Some. S- unfortunate hypothermic incidents and frostbite in a January episode mm-hmm. that we're going to cover. So hypothermia, your body temp is getting low because you've been out in the cold. You're not drinking enough hot chocolate with butterscotch schnapps. Mm, and that'll keep you nice and warm. You're not keeping yourself warm. So mm-hmm. stay away from it. So I had to just, that was just ad-libbed. Okay. Number seven, frostbite, which I was going to talk about, but since it was number seven, I didn't. Right. Okay. So number seven is a Christmas illness, frostbite. Skiing is a popular choice during the festive mm. season for those looking to spend some time away. Frostbite, however, is a real risk for those exposed to freezing temperature. It is. What are you skiing in? A fucking bikini? You should be in, like, I, I if I could have heated socks, I would. Jack got frostbite on his cheek one time. I believe it. And he's like, I'm like, that doesn't look good. You really need to white? make sure you cover it. It was like gray. This one area was like so gray. I'm like, you really, like, he's red and then gray. I'm like, you you get frostbite. <laughs> you gotta, did it just gotta, heal on its own? It did it eventually yeah. heal on its own. You know the hand and feet warmers? Yeah. I look like a sausage like i'm packed on everything there are 40 on my mm-hmm. feet 30 in my hands and i'm still not warming yeah. up which just means my skiing days are coming to an end yes it's getting miserable it's too I'd it's getting worse lodge and wait for everybody yeah. else uh common signs are the extremities turning red or purple and feelings of pain or numbness in the affected area if you are planning on skiing and this winter holiday which mm-hmm. there's no snow right now no. be prepared once you've got all the equipment you need make sure you've got the right warm clothing too mm-hmm. excuse me number six Ear infection. We're going with the whole cold, cold thing here. I was like, what? Oh. So if you're caroling, you're going to have some earmuffs. Because yes. cold weather itself is not the cause of ear, no. ear infections per se. Mm-hmm. Literally says per se. <laughs> but opportune infections of the throat, which are generally more common in winter, can travel up the eustachian tube and cause infections of this kind. Okay. Furthermore, going out into the cold without appropriate headwear can make the associated discomfort worse. Mm-hmm. Again, the best defense is to look after your immune system. Wrap up warm. My, I used to get raging air infections when I was little. Like all that, I always had um, strep and ra- air infections. To this day, if I go out in the cold, my ears kill me. My and ears I, I hurt, and I never had that. Oh my god, they kill like no one's business. My ears, no matter what I have on, if it's cold out, my ears. I have kill. to like if I walk the beach in the winter time, I have to have my ears covered because my eardrums hurt. Yeah, they actually hurt. It's brutal. All right, Laura, here's another one. Okay. Number, number five. What do you think is going to happen? Oh, God, I don't know. We went from malaria to ear infections. Well, we're going to go from malaria uh-huh. through ear infections uh-huh. straight to chlamydia. Okay. <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. Wow. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Here's a little chlamydia for your stocking. Alcohol poisoning isn't the only danger when getting carried away on a night oh, out. Oh, <laughs> little holiday pod. I have a bow on. <laughs> or at the office party. These office parties... I'd like to meet. I need to work in an office yeah. so I can go to somebody's office or party. We're going back to 1958 where this is when this shit yeah. happened because I have yet to see an office party where this is happening. Well, I've never been to an office party. No, so. because we have random, stupid random parties. <laughs> oh, we don't have any at all. No. Studies have shown that couples enjoying a chance encounter are much Ooh. less likely to use protection when under the influence well, of Well, I mean, you're, you're at the office party, right. not planning on it. It just happens. And don't forget, you have to see him on Monday. <laughs> Using protection, such as a condom, is a vital tool in preventing the spread of bacteria STIs such as chlamydia mm-hmm. and then they give you the chlamydia website 
as a getting tested regular. As is getting tested regular. Okay, number four. <laughs> Which again, the uh, right, right over. Huh. No, now we've gone to allergic reaction. This makes more well, sense because is... most of the Christmas cookies are covered in this. Welcome to my world. That's what she said. <laughs> the traditional Christmas dinner certainly presents hazards for those with severe food allergies. Prawn cocktails, also known as shrimp, <laughs> shellfish allergies, <laughs> and sprouts roasted with chestnuts. Okay, I know what chestnuts are, but what kind of fucking sprouts are you I roasting? I think Brussels, Brussels sprouts. Not alpha, alpha sprouts? No, I think Brussels. Not bean sprouts? I think Brussels. Nut allergies are just two potential triggers. Oh, so shellfish allergies and nut allergies are just two potential triggers, which those prone to anaphylaxis are to experience. Mm -hmm. Being Italian, we only do the fish on Friday, Mm -hmm. on Christmas Eve. So we got to be careful of that prawn allergy. Yes. So be careful of what you're cooking in the foods you present to your guests. Please. Just let us know if you put chestnuts in something. Chestnuts. Why would you do that anyways? Anaphylaxis. (laughs) Food poisoning would be number three. Ooh. Cramming the oven of food on Christmas mm. morning comes with its dangers. It does. Raw and undercooked meat, particularly <coughs> turkey and chicken, mm-hmm. is a major cause of salmonella poisoning. Mm. If you'd like to know what these actually do, listen to our Thanksgiving episode of 2019. Yes. The best way to avoid falling foul of food poisoning, <laughs> falling foul of food poisoning, is to make sure everything you serve is cooked through. Mm-hmm. I, that's kind of common sense. I mean, you would think, but some people just don't yeah. know. Well, you know, like you go to your grandmother's house and dementia's setting in. And she can't really see well if the chicken's yeah. pinko white. It's got yeah. like worms in it and she can't see it. Make a plan of what needs to go in the oven and when. Mm-hmm. And remember that overloading can reduce oven temp and affect cooking times. Mm. It's true. I had a family member who used to like stack dishes like I've never seen because the kitchen was 100 years old. And I was like, mm, that doesn't that doesn't look safe. <laughs> right. Number two. Alcohol poisoning. Yes. Mm, this is a pretty rough Christmas if you mm. poisoned yourself. <laughs> this might bring the <laughs> rates Michael One hell of a Christmas party. One eventuality of nearly every end of year office party is that someone will be overzealous in adhering to the merry di- directive when having a merry Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> but alcohol poisoning isn't a condition to take lightly, Laura. No, it's not. It's important to remember that the liver can only filter out around one unit of alcohol per, ho- per hour. And I'm pretty sure if you have the Christmas disease... Probably even less. The more and the quicker you drink, the riskier it is for your body. Mm-hmm. So remember to pace yourself, even if everybody else isn't doing the same. Yes. But the problem is, if you're going to a family function, you need I.e. one of mine, mm-hmm. and everybody hates each other, you have to drink mm-hmm. quickly mm-hmm. to get the buzz on to deal with everybody for the yes. next couple of hours. Maybe the alcohol poisoning would bring everybody together. Maybe. You know, one common cause. Mm-hmm. The number one illness of Christmas you think it might be? Mm-hmm. Well, this year I would like to substitute COVID for flu. Oh, good one. Yes. Perhaps the most common of all winter ailments, a bout of flu will usually pass within a week or so, but it is by no means pleasant when no. in action. Mm-mm. Stopping flu is all about looking after your immune system and limiting your risk of influenza. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're getting enough sleep and plenty of fruit and veg in your diet to keep your body's <laughs> veg soup That's today. There's veg soup all the time yeah. over there. Get some veg soup. They have the sad, so everybody's inside mm-hmm. getting alcohol poisoning, eating fruit and veg in a bread bowl. Mm-hmm. And ask your doctor about a vaccination. Yes, please. So this year, the number one cause of Christmas illness would be COVID. COVID. Which is why everybody's having a nice, quiet, small Christmas. At home, yes, with nobody else, right. And the Christmas gift from the CDC this year is vaccinations. Vaccine whoop, for everybody. Whoop. 
I feel like Happy New Year 2020 should have been like, Happy New Year! (laughs) So, Merry Christmas! Hopefully it's not a but we'll all be getting our vaccines. Uh, No matter how I feel about it, I'm probably going to end up getting it. Mm -hmm. Because I think it needs to be done. And Mm -hmm. if it means I can get this friggin' mask off my face Mm -hmm. and I can actually walk into a restaurant like a normal person. Mm -hmm. Just think maybe next year we can go like out. Yes. Maybe next. You know what? This is my New Year's resolution. Mm-hmm. I am going to make sure the trauma team has a Christmas party next year. Next year. A real one where we get alcohol poisoning, chlamydia, yeah. malaria, all of it. All of it. I'm going all 10 on that list. Yes. I want all of it for all our next it. Christmas party. We're going to go hard. Earaches, frostbite. We'll have it outside. Okay. We could do that this yeah. year and have it outside. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this I, year I'm, is I'm, definitely I'm, a frostbite. Yeah. All the illnesses, they're all in there. And we'll just check them off as we come in the room. Go ahead. Who would I randomly have sex with, though? I don't know, because there's not really money in the hospital. I'd have ran- and I'd end up divorced, because so that would be bad yeah. for 2022. I mean, you don't have to get chlamydia. Just somebody at the party. All right. Right. All right. I mean, all all the you. young kids. <laughs> yeah, we do have a lot of young people coming yeah. on. They'll get chlamydia Watch out, guys. Somebody get chlamydia, please. We're going to have, like, chlamydia bingo. And see yeah. who gets it first. Who is it? <laughs> Who's got Susie? <laughs> you won. Bingo. You get penicillin. <laughs> So this is wrapping up the year of Scissors and Scrubs 2020, which we're shockingly still alive on the other end of it. I know. And I mean the podcast, not us in general. (laughs) We are going to try to reevaluate our goals for next year. Mm -hmm. And if the world opens up again, I'm telling you, Laura, I'm dragging you on stage. Okay. We're going to do something. Okay. Maybe we'll have a healthcare workers night and find some brewer around here to sponsor us that'd be nice would be awesome mm-hmm. i know yeah. one of the breweries has a nice lovely parking lot we could use oh it's big it is mm. and I they're know. sending us all kinds of lovely beer mm-hmm. well not us him sending our influencer <laughs> also known as mike how that man is an influencer i know well vienna was like mike's an influencer i'm like yeah really i'm like mm-hmm. yeah so you might have a new friend look at him how? Come on. Who couldn't he influence? How? Come on. Come on. I don't understand it. So, cheer up. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. We're getting there. 2020 is almost over. 2020 is almost over. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some fun stuff for next year we're going to talk about. You know, mm-hmm. death, dismemberment, frostbite, love and eating each other. It's going to be great. Yeah. And I don't mean... Oh, that's another funny story, right? <laughs> okay. So, we're talking about um, residents and med students passing out. Yes. In a room, right? Mm-hmm. So a couple. This was years ago. Same nurse with the choo 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 story <laughs> is telling the story. She's like, I'm sitting at a table, and they're all talking about, you know, residents passing out and this and that. And one of the older nurses there, she's like, Oh my god, back in my day, I can't tell you how many residents went down on me. And <laughs> <laughs> clearly, didn't get the innuendo no. met with that. And my girlfriend's like, I spit my lunch across the table. <laughs> The woman had no idea what she yes. just said. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> if I told you how many residents went down on me. Well, girl, you must have something to go on. <laughs> so oh. thanks for listening. Yes. Have a very Merry Christmas, very a Happy Hanukkah, Christmas. and every other holiday that is celebrated at this time. Mm-hmm. Be safe. Be merry. Make the best of it. Next year will be better. Yes. It really is not the trailer for 2021. We're going to have a good year. Yes. So bye. Merry Christmas. Like, subscribe, rate, and review the Scissors and Scrubs podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to us on. 
Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Scissors and Scrubs. And email us any of your stories or thoughts to scissorsandscrubs at gmail.com.